0: The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Steven Schleiger here, along with our good friend, Matthew. My
1: friends call me Theta Sigma.
0: Well, along with our good friend Theta Sigma. Matthew, everything I say is a lie. The last thing I just said was the truth.
1: That does not compute. does not compute. Danger, danger, Will Robbins.
0: That's how you take care of a Matthew Peterson. On this weekend episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Uh, because Rodrigo was again out and because I didn't get my lazy self to make the phone calls to get another great interview lined up like we did last weekend with uh, Dr. Peter Coogan, Matthew and I are going to talk Doctor Who! Woo-hoo! Dr. Who! woo Now I just woke up my you know, two-year-old.
1: Way to go, schmuck! I know, god dang it. Uh does you feel any better? I have a five-year-old who's unconscious.
0: Well, mine probably just went to bed a couple minutes ago, so... I'm sure that yell and the whoop is sure going to have the disproving frowns of my wife fairly soon. Uh, but you know what? Yeah. Hey, let's talk Doctor Who. My son's too young to watch Doctor Who. The stuff scares oh. him. He watched uh, he watched the Christmas special with the cyber um, Cybermen, with the punk. Oh,
1: no, you didn't let him watch the Cybermen.
0: He was playing, and my wife and I were watching the Cybermen, the, the steampunk Cybermen, and that doggy thing. Came chasing everybody, and he had nightmares for two nights straight. Oh wow. That's what a great father I am.
1: Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> okay, so wow. let's we're we're gonna talk this week. Uh there over in the Major Spoilers Forum. There is a thread called Watching Doctor Who from the Beginning or something like that. Watching every episode yeah. of Doctor Who. One of our yes. major spoilers, a legionnaire. Legion of Major Spoilers. I believe spoiler is uh, the Concrete Albino. I, what is it? No, thing? no, no, no. It's that guy that everyone swore up and down was a, uh, yeah, the super albino, swore up and down <laughs> that he was a spam bot when he first applied and <laughs> turns out not to be. Check this out. This is an idea. This is what he says. This is an idea I've had for a while. Now that I've got some free time in my schedule, I figured I'd go for it. The idea is to go back and watch all the Doctor Whos from the very beginning and review each episode as I've never heard of Doctor Who before. Needless to say, this is an insane task, so before I go, I figured I'd do a pre- preemptive frequently asked questions. Do you think it's silly for him yes. to watch every episode of Doctor Who? Matthew? No. No, it's not. It's yeah. actually excellent if you can watch every single episode of Doctor Who. Now, to put some things mm-hmm. in perspective, Matthew and I have talked Doctor Who before, but I yes. got into Doctor Who when I was... 13, 14 had to be middle school mm-hmm. going into high school. And yep. I got in and during the Tom Baker era, we talked about that last couple of weeks ago on the major spoiler show, but then I got right. to see the uh, Peter Torque uh, uh, version. Um, I'm sorry, Peter Davidson version. And then Ooh. the local public television started all over from the beginning again. So I started watching first doctor Got to see some of the second doctor, although they ran a lot of those during the sports time when I was involved in athletics. So I missed out on a lot of those. And my parents would right. be recording other shows on the VHS instead of uh, my doctor, my precious doctor, who, uh, right. of course, saw a little bit of oh, a third doctor who I really, really love. John P- P- Petrie Pertwee Pertwee. And then, uh, Some Tom... people
1: will say Pew Tree. Those people are incorrect.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I kind of pretty much have seen not every single episode, but a majority of the episodes going from Doctors 1 through 5. And then I saw, of course, that uh, single um, movie, Doctor Who. Then I saw maybe eh, about a half dozen of the uh, – what's his name? The guy before Peter... Peter's – Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, I saw about a a half dozen of those, and then have seen most of the... um, David Tennant. David Tennant, Doctor Who. So it's not a crazy idea to watch every single episode. It'll give you some good perspective on what's going on. might make you a little insane, but I don't think it's crazy.
1: Well, there are over 750 episodes. 750
0: episodes.
1: 753 episodes since, well... Since that number was actually updated, November I November twenty
0: movies. November twenty third, nineteen sixty three, episode right. one, which was actually, and this is yeah. kind of interesting because I think uh, the way they aired in the U.S. Mm-hmm. they broke them into three parts. So the very first Doctor Who episode was really probably like an hour and a half movie that aired on the BBC. Here they no. broke it into three separate episodes: an Unearthly Child, Ten Thousand no. BC, and a Tribe of Gum. Right. No, No. you are wrong. What do I? Doctor Who actually aired.
1: Doctor Who actually aired as roughly twenty-five minute episodes. Ah, okay. But it was in a serial format, so that first episode also very important. Yes. To remember what else happened on November twenty-third, nineteen
0: sixty-three. Uh, the Beatles last performed at I don't know.
1: No. The president of the United States was assassinated. Ah, okay. So that first episode. Gotten as many eyes as it should have, but that first episode is generally referred to as an unearthly child. Right. Each of the episodes and the, the early episodes, there's a lot of controversy over what to call them because they refer to them as serial A, serial B, serial C in theory. Mm-hmm. And then each of the episodes, or some of the episodes, have their own individual titles. So the issue, the episode that most people refer to as an unearthly child was actually really just the title of that first 25-minute sequence mm-hmm. where Susan Foreman returns from her school and her, her
0: teachers, Ian and Barbara, come to meet her grandfather. Well, because they think that – what, what's the deal? She's extremely bright, but uh, right. she says, my grandfather won't let me do this. He won't let me do this. He won't right. let me do this. And so they go to talk to this grandfather who they think is abusing her. And of course they show well, up at a at a junkyard and they think that, oh my god, what's going on with this girl?
1: Right. And then they, they see them or him seemingly going inside in a police box and then they freak out and turns out it's bigger on the inside.
0: What? How is this possible? Man, I what? haven't seen what? I haven't seen that episode since the mid eighties. And I still remember that. That excitement. Yeah. Uh, then they go off an adventure that I actually, okay, Matthew, you're right. There's four uh, yeah. parts to that and an earthly child yeah. the cave of skulls the forest of fear which yeah. always cracked me up because you know you see susan and the and the um the two teachers running mm-hmm. and you can tell that they're running in place and people are like taking these trees and and whizzing them past <laughs> them and, and kind of smacking them in the face a little bit at a time oh, high quality yeah. special effects back in the 1960s
1: well the thing about doctor who and i think part of the reason why people love it is that the effects budget was on a shoestring. And so they had to be creative. Mm-hmm. They had to be, you know, they couldn't just throw money at the screen and computer generate something scary, scary, scary. So they had to come up with what they could do, <laughs> which I think is awesome. You
0: know, one, um, the second episode. Now, this is interesting. Um, let's get back to uh, Super Albino. He says, How much do you know about the Doctor Who? And so you and I have kind of talked what we know about it. He says he doesn't know really hardly anything about the Doctor. And so why is he doing this if he's not even a fan? Because he wants to learn about the character. Mm -hmm. And he wants to know all the backstory. And granted, he could go and look up on the Wikipedia like you and I often reference. But, you know, it's probably more fun to watch it all the way through.
1: I would agree. Um, I know that the first serial exists in its entirety. Yes. Yes. And at that point, things get a little wonky. But having that first episode and that first four-issue or first four-episode serial exist is probably why you were pretty sure you'd seen all of the episodes. Um Generally speaking, in the 60s, there wasn't really such thing as like a an episode arc or a season arc like we see today in, say, right. Buffy or right. Lost or the new Doctor Who. Um, so you could, in theory, you could miss, say, all of Marco Polo, which at at the time should not, to my knowledge, have existed. At the point in time that you and I would have been watching Doctor Who, it would have been probably the 80s, 1982,
0: 83, 84 ish. Yes. Well, no, it may Um, have even been a little bit earlier than that because I wasn't driving yet. I know I, and let's get to this next, let's get to this next part, but I know I wasn't driving yet, so I had to have been under the age of 13. Okay. Okay. And in Kansas, you can drive at 13. That's the legal age to drive.
1: Which would have pr-
0: placed us right about 1983. 80, 83, right? Right. Easily, when I was 11 or 12, and we could probably look this up. The KCPTV up in Kansas City, the Kansas City Public Television, they mm. had a Doctor Who convention, and I remember my grandparents had to drive me to that because I couldn't drive, and I was re- and I remember being fairly young at that time. So I know that I was watching these early Doctor Who's. L- Gotta have been, man, had to have been 1981, something like that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the super albino has made it through the first arc. He's made it through the unearthly child arc, this introduction arc, the first four episodes. He's now Mm -hmm. into serial number two, which is the Dalek invasion or the Dalek or the Daleks or whatever you want to call them. Dalek, Dalek. I swear I have seen this episode. Because I remember going, oh, my God, that is a plunger on the end of that. Oh, my God, look close. They keep doing these low shots, and you can see the feet walking underneath it.
1: The Dalek episodes, I believe, partly exist. Marco Polo is story number four, and Marco Polo is the earliest story that absolutely doesn't exist. I believe the Daleks come in or show up in like uh, story number two right um, which I my brain wants to call it the robots
0: yeah it had, it um, had I don't have the complete six, episode seven, it's the dead planet, the survivors, the escape, the ambush the expedition the ordeal, and the rescue are the five the six seven yeah. chapters in that in that arc
1: right so I believe those do exist. Well, because go
0: and see the lost – got to find the lost episode list. Um, the
1: lost episode list I can tell you right off the top is um, Marco Polo, some of Reign of Terror, all of Galaxy 4, all of the Mythmakers, most all of the Daleks Master Plan, all of the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve, um, all of the Smugglers, all of Power of the Daleks. There's big chunks of the second Doctor. uh, Okay, Okay. so maybe I'm
0: thinking of the Daleks Master Plan as maybe one that I thought I see that you said doesn't exist.
1: The Daleks Master Plan is the really, really long one. It's like a 12-issue serial. Yes. Uh, And there's like three. I think issue three and issue five and episode ten are the only ones that have been recovered. Okay. Um, I don't know. Parts of some of the Marco Polo supposedly – um, well, what actually happened was back in the day, the BBC would erase their videotape. Well, yeah, you'd you they, save them. Used, they used two-inch quad, and then they would re-record it, I think. I actually, I've worked in my life with two-inch quad videotape, which should tell you how far behind some of the stations I've worked with are, uh, because <laughs> two-inch quad was was being phased out in 1979. Yeah. I was working with three-quarter-inch videotape well into the 90s, yep. which came after two-inch. but. They would actually erase episodes, and you know certain episodes were saved because they sent a recording to the United States or they sent a recording to you know Taiwan. Some of these episodes don't exist, especially some of these early ones before they actually started syndicating them
0: or sending of, them to other. Countries. But some of these have been found. Invasion of the Dinosaurs, right. uh, with yes. a Pertwee. You know that was thought lost until a black and white sixteen millimeter copy was found in the early 80s, which is, again, I swear that I've seen this Marco Polo episode. Again, I'm thinking I'm thinking back 20-some years now, 25 right. years in my memory. If I can remember that Unearthly Child episode, I can right. think that I could remember the Marco Polo episode. The
1: wiping took place between, like, 65 and 70-something. Man. So... I I cannot imagine that. I think I must have eaten too many sandwiches. Well, it may also have to do with, you know, that persistence of memory. Someone was saying the other day that he swore. I think it was Sam said he swore that when he was a kid, he watched a Rocketeer cartoon. There's no Rocketeer cartoon. Impossible. Yeah, there's no Rocketeer cartoon, but his brain remembers it, remembers it clearly I, for my part, remember meeting Underdog, but that's just me. <laughs>
0: that's because you ate a sandwich, though. Uh, I ate a lot of sandwiches, that's not the point. <laughs> Somebody needs to go back and listen to our psychedelic episode. Um, <laughs> so, man, how could... Again, these episodes that are wiped were in season one, right. 1963 through 1964. Uh, season they were, one was wiped,
1: season two, three, four, five, and six all have missing episodes. Basically, the first Doctor, season one through four, well, actually, depending on how you define your seasons. Right. The first and second Doctors have a lot of episodes missing. Everything from Spearhead in Space, which is the first episode of the third Doctor, mm-hmm. exists in one form or another.
0: Now, let me, just, let me just play Crazy Man here for a minute, as I often do on this show, because all I think right. it generates discussion. Mm-hmm. let's just say that a three quarter inch or two quad inch copy of Marco Polo passed through channel 19 out of Kansas city back in the 1980s for whatever reason, they got a copy right. as part of some okay. dump. Okay? okay. And it aired and I have it on VHS because I recorded those episodes. Right. How big of a find would that be? How big that of a find would be... that be? If someone discovered, holy crap, I've got all enormous. seven episodes of Marco Polo because they ran them from midnight until 2 a.m. in 1982.
1: Well, let's put this in perspective. There is a show on a British BBC television called Blue Peter. And Blue Peter has actually put a bounty on missing episodes of Doctor Who. Anyone who can bring a Doctor Who episode that is lost to the uh, to their Basically, back to BBC, will be rewarded with a full-size Dalek.
0: (laughs) Man, I think my parents – my parents are those that don't throw away any of their old VHS. I'm going to have to look because when I moved to California, they sent me a VHS tape that had um, the Tom Baker – what was the Time Lord one where they had to collect the different pieces the key to time. Key to time.
1: That's that's like season sixteen. That's yeah. well past the point.
0: Yeah, they had sent that to me because they kept it and thought, oh, you know, you probably want some of these old videotapes of yours. Wouldn't that? I I may have to go back and s- dig through a box of old VHS and see if I can find that season one Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, you won't. Ah, I just um uh, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm like Sam. Maybe I'm just remembering. But man, I, th- I do. I think you're misremembering. I would not. I well, probably am. But it would be very cool. Episode.
1: Well, if you look at Marco Polo serial right. four,
0: right? That have episodes. gone
1: into production roughly 1964 ish, mm-hmm. early 64. So early 64. If you figure BBC's, um, I believe BBC would keep things for was it seven years? Now I can't remember now. They used to – they would keep it for a certain number of years, and at the end of that certain number of years, it would be wiped. Yeah. Um. It was actually a pretty common process back in the day. Well, and it was very uh, common
0: with the many TV stations because that's what would happen with us when we were in college where mm-hmm. we would get a call from a TV station that said, hey, you know, we've got all these old three-quarter tapes that we've gone through and, and have used a couple times. Do you guys want them? And, of course, we would right. say yes, and we would use them, and oftentimes you'd find – old commercial spots or old tv shows um that that station had aired mm-hmm. um so i can understand the process of wanting to wipe the tape to to use it again well and also because but you, you would know think they by, no longer
1: they no their rights agreements true would expire you know, you let's say you know, William years. Hartnell signs a thing that says for seven years, you can sell this episode of doctor who with my likeness. It gets to the point where BBC isn't making, isn't able to make any money off that yeah. by selling it to someone. Why would they want to keep it? You would think I mean, though yes, after seven sure, seasons. Historical perspective, yes, but exactly. the BBC, like any company exists to make money. And honestly, you know, in 1973, 1974, no one's going to think about the permanence uh, but, of you know, the DVD. Let, No one's going to think about reselling entire seasons
0: of shows. Well, but no let one's me, going let me to put it this way. Let me Doctor let me let me as, But 7 yes. seasons in, 7 years in, mm-hmm. Dr. Who is a phenomenon in Britain at least. So just even BBC archives would say or you would think that they would say, "Hey, maybe we should keep this stuff around for historical purposes." I mean, we've and got that. that we've got that whole. In uh,
1: 1978.
0: Well, yeah. That... <laughs> the reason why the reason why I remember this uh, Marco Polo episode is because it had Kublai Khan in it, and uh, you know the whole synopsis is this is a synopsis from Wikipedia: Tardis crew lands in the Himalayas in 1289. Ship is badly right. damaged, and they're picked up by Marco Polo's caravan along the fabled Silk Road to go see the Emperor Mm -hmm. Kublai Khan. Uh, They try to stop the bad guys who are attempting to sabotage the Mm -hmm. caravan and as they cross the Gobi Desert. I just... Man, I just remember this. Do you remember the Doctor Who novelizations? I do, and I did have a lot of those, but I I only was reading the... no, Did I was read reading them? the Tom Baker ones because I don't have the... Uh, I didn't read any of the earlier Doctor ones. Um, but I remember the Tom Baker ones and I had like four or five of those. And they were adaptations of the teleplay. So I know I wouldn't have read it in print. And I know that there was a book I checked out from the library that had a tale of one of the Doctors in World War I, Uh But none of... N- you know not this in 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 reading
1: well i know that marco polo is one of kind of the the grails in a way mm-hmm. because marco polo was one of those episodes that was widely sold and there it should exist somewhere cuz they sold it to dozens of countries and yet right uh, bleh. now things that do exist are what are called telesnaps. okay there there were actually people who were paid to take a camera and take pictures what? at pictures? various intervals of the episode, just little pictures, yeah, telesnaps of the show. So if you've ever seen uh, Doctor Who magazine, used to run the telesnaps archive, mm. where they would it would be you know every few seconds there would be a picture of what's happening on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the telesnaps, the still photographs, and the audio tracks of the story,
0: yeah, cause which were...
1: were recorded on 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 audio, yeah. you know tape recorders, whatever, still exist. Now, I don't know if, you know, maybe someone if, if someone might have had the telesnaps or if you actually saw them. I don't know,
0: but I, I don't know. It's just uh, it just seems really weird because the other thing that I remember about this is when I saw this episode, I mm-hmm. remember thinking because it was kind of the same thing with the first episode, the unearthly child or an un- an unearthly child is that why the hell are they trying to put so much teaching stuff in here? Because that's Mm -hmm. what this Marco Polo episode was supposed to be about, really an educational kind of trip through time.
1: Mm. Well, uh, and again, that's how I remember it. The initial concept of the show actually included that historical time traveling format as part of the pitch
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, that we can teach history with the show. And the historicals were actually a very big part of early Doctor Mm -hmm. Who and it's interesting to me, if you look through the list of those episodes, you'll actually see the historicals disappeared for a very long time and didn't start coming back until like the fifth doctor. And then occasionally you'll see historicals even in modern Doctor Who,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the one where the doctor goes back in time and teams up with Shakespeare, yeah. kind of a historical.
0: Right, right.
1: In fact, these days, it seems like every episode he goes back in time and teams up with an author because there was the Shakespeare episode. There was the uh, episode where he went back and teamed up with um, the guy who wrote A Christmas Carol. Yeah. There's the episode where he went back and teamed up with Agatha Christie.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was I'm
1: thinking episode. next season it's going to be the doctor and his new companion, Glaferfnia. <laughs> They're going to go team up with Stephen King right that about the time pretty, he was by a car.
0: That would be pretty awesome. Uh, I thought so. I wonder, man. So people are actively trying to track down these lost episodes.
1: Yes. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last episode that was, that was recovered was like 2002 or 2003, you know, years after people thought, Oh, well, you know, they're, they're never coming back. Yeah. Let me see. They what started is- showing up, you know, with weird things. Um, there are certain episodes that are interesting and I actually saw online, uh, somewhere. I can't even remember now. It was a list of some excerpts, little bits of film that were actually cut out of episodes by censors.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And those films still exist somewhere. Just a censored scene, like five seconds from missing serials. Wow. Um Marco Polo actually is one of the weird ones in that there are bits and pieces of some of those missing episodes that mm-hmm. still exist. Mm-hmm. But Marco Polo, they say not – there's nothing. There's not a single frame, a single scrap of anything no of Marco tele, Polo. No that telesnaps. Found. The telesnaps exist, oh, but okay. no video. So
0: audio still exists?
1: hmm Audio exists of uh, virtually all the episodes in one form or another.
0: Well, and that's interesting, too. And again, it looks like in 2005, mm-hmm. BBC began releasing these under the banner of Doctor Who Reconstructed.
1: Yes, and I've seen those. Those are pretty awesome. There's a, a, a flash animation version of an episode of The Second Doctor.
0: Now, somebody actually went in it's, and animated it this, or is this a still image that they kind of. Close?
1: They animated it. It's fully animated, and it's animated in a flash style on top of those old existing reconstructed audio
0: tracks. And you've seen this?
1: I have seen that.
0: I've, still, I've it, only seen like one episode. Is it full of awesome?
1: It's definitely interesting. It's very fascinating to watch. I don't know if the animators actually use the telesnaps mm-hmm. but I think that's pretty awesome that they went through and they tried to reconstruct it. I like you know the fact that the character design is pretty entertaining. Um, I know that back in the day, not that I would ever get involved in any type of bootleg activity, but back in the day, there were um reconstructions where they would take the telesnaps mm-hmm. and run the telesnaps over the reconstructed audio. Right. And then there'd be, you know, little linky bits. Would it be like, and then this happens? And then <laughs> oh, okay. For those missing, for the missing pieces. Cause the telesnaps aren't complete, obviously. Right. You no, know, you figure 33 and a third frames per second and they take a telesnap every two seconds. Right. You can do a slow crossfade between, you know, it'll be like an episode of Ken Burns Doctor Who. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. What I'm most interested in, and you don't have to give this away on the air, is where Mm. in the heck is the super albino seeing all of these episodes from the beginning? And including, it looks like, he's going to be getting his hands on these uh, reconstructed episodes as well. France. Ah, the French.
1: He's getting them from the, how do you say, the French.
0: Uh Aha. I understand now.
1: Doctor Who is one of those things that when I was a kid, Star Trek was something that was on Sunday mornings oh, right man, before it Wild was Wars. On
0: all the time.
1: Doctor Who was really my first interaction with a cult show as a cult show. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was something that uh, I fell into kind of backwards, halfway into fandom by bumping into things like you know the Doctor Who comic book. Right, and you know the adventures of the fifth doctor in comic form were pretty awesome, because at one point he was hanging around with this uh this uh knight in shining armor and a shapeshifter who stayed in the body of a penguin.
0: I remember that
1: yeah, Frobisher, and yeah. I loved those stories. I loved the fifth Doctor to the point where I would go and I would read these sometimes pretty abysmal. Uh, issues that came out from Marvel in mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. reprinting the old, uh, Doctor Who magazine strips yeah. that would play in the middle of I actually where, have a pretty good chunk of those now.
0: um, where did you watch your Doctor Who? Was it out of Kansas City, Topeka? PBS. PBS? Out um, of Kansas City, Topeka, or was it somewhere else? I, uh,
1: I think it was KCPTB. KP. Out of Topeka.
0: I don't. Actually, K- remember because it was always KCP, KCP Kansas Public Television and then it was T for Topeka. I'd have to go back and look, that's where my memory fades. But I am just wondering if when did K-C-P-T. you start PT? When did you start frequenting comic book shops in Topeka?
1: Oh, god, uh, off and on in college, maybe 1997, 1998. Oh, okay, no. No, 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 earlier than that. Um, oh, okay. 1993, 94 ish. I was just curious was-
0: if if you and I had ever maybe bumped into one another in a in a Topeka oh. comic book shop before we met in college.
1: It's entirely
0: possible. Just with all this Dun- do- all this background, because it's the same way with me. I mean, um Doctor Who, and I think I may have told this story before. But I got introduced to Doctor Who, and I really fell in love with it. The problem was, KCPT didn't air those episodes until like eleven o'clock or later. Mm-hmm. I can't; re- it was late because I would remember coming home from a track meet or a basketball mm-hmm. game, and it would be 11 o'clock at night, and it would be a Friday. Uh, you know, obviously, is when they aired. I would go into my bedroom, and I had a little black and white portable TV that my parents had that I put in there. And I would turn the volume all the way down to where I could barely hear it. I would shove a towel under my door uh, so that my parents wouldn't hear or see the light coming out from under the door and watch Doctor Who until I was about ready to pass out. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I'm the only one that watches this stuff. I mean, I would watch, I think it would air just before Doctor Who was the Monty Python's Flying Circus. And I remember nobody in my school had any kind of clue what a Doctor Who was or a Monty Python or any of that. Actually, one person mm-hmm. did because he said, hey, if you turn on that, you can see boobies on yeah, Monty can. Python. And I thought, okay. And I'll also on watch. Benny Hill. And I said, okay, I'll check it out. But they didn't run Benny Hill on KCPT. Um, you had to watch Channel 41. 41 for Hall. that. See, that's why you and I, uh, we have too many connections with all that stuff. But, I, you know. <laughs> it's weird now. There were only four
1: stations in Kansas. What else did you have to watch? Uh,
0: it's, I just think it's weird that as you said, it was really a cult thing because all of a sudden I heard one night, Oh, there's going to be this doctor who convention. And I was like, mom, dad, I, I really would like to go to this. And mom was like, well, we'll drop you off. It was, I think during a spring break or something. And we'll just drop you off at your grandparents and they can take you. And I was like, all right. And my grandparents dropped me off and said, here's some money. You know, don't talk to strangers. (laughs) And, uh, then I can't, you know, they came back and picked me up a few hours later. Did you go to that? Did you go to any Doctor Who conventions?
1: I have never been to a Doctor Who convention. I've okay. been to a couple of comic conventions that had a strong Doctor Who presence. Yeah.
0: This was this was actually part of the uh, Doctor Who traveling something or other uh, that happened. Uh, because they had this big, like, the semi-truck. They had this big semi-truck that you would walk through, and it had all this Doctor Who memorabilia that the BBC had uh, brought over and was doing this nationwide tour and you'd go in and you'd see the set recreation inside the TARDIS at the time. You'd see K nine, you'd see all these other things and it was really pretty cool. And then you had all the merchandisers who were selling the books and the, um, the British mag doctor who magazines and all of that. And they had those were cool. They had many of the directors. They had like two directors, two or three directors from the show were there to talk and uh, I found that very interesting. But yeah, if you get a chance, try to get it to a Doctor Who convention. That was oh, one of my. That's right. probably that has to be probably my first convention ever. Was the Doctor Who convention? That's kind of cool. I can. And I didn't even know what it was called big, at the time. Scarves. What's that?
1: Big long scarves and ugly coats.
0: I, you know, I don't remember anybody really dressed up in in the part. I remember buying some t-shirts but I didn't see people that were you know uh you know that that struck me as dressed up as Tom Baker or anybody as okay. weird that's weird I
1: remember reading a comic book where uh, a girl dressed up as Tom Baker and then got involved in these weird uh, entertaining uh, strangenesses <laughs> It was called Dr. Hooters. I think it was the same. People hey, who, wait uh, a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Yes.
1: What? Oh, wait a minute. The, the girl, the, the comic book with the Wolverine parody called Wolver broad, oh, I remember. I've got which, those. which wasn't I've even, got those. I mean,
0: that's not even <laughs> clever. Yeah. Cause it was like bad babe and Wolver broad. And, um, yeah. I forget what the green lantern one was, but, uh, no, Green yeah. Lanterns is what it was called, and the lanterns are the breasts. Yes, I've got those hidden away in some some drawer box somewhere. Yeah, and what you mean is in the nightstand. <laughs> Actually, I don't have a nightstand next to my bed. I was just trying to do a search to see if I could find any of that information about when KCPT had that Doctor Who convention, and I can't. Really I can't quick, I can't find there. anything either because I could tell you the exact date. And that would give you an idea to track down that missing episode of Marco Polo.
1: What's interesting to me, he said yawning because it's actually 10.58. <laughs> it's
0: a light late, yes.
1: I'm old. What can I say? I watched The Five Doctors this last weekend, thanks oh. to my friend Mark Fernkoff. Yes. Um, and it's fascinating to watch you know, a show that was made 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And look at it, at, at at the time that I first saw it, it was the cutting edge of technology. Yeah. And I'm looking at this and going, man, I worked in television in you know, Hayes, Kansas, and I can tell you exactly how they did that particular effect. Yep. I could do it with a Grass Valley switcher and a half-inch editor. But it's also wonderful to realize that the people at home didn't know that. you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. John, Colin Q. Schmuckenzie, because he's English, we'll say Sitting at home, hiding behind the sofa, having tea and watching Doctor Who, you know, it doesn't know these things. They look at it and Doctor Who is another one of those shows where you kind of buy into it Mm -hmm. because you know that sometimes the aliens are just, you know, a guy in a big fur coat. Right. But you buy into that. You're willing to overlook the fact that the alien is a guy in a big fur coat because the central character or characters are just fascinating. I was watching – um. It was actually a behind-the-scenes bit with three doctors, the first, second, and third. Of course, the first doctor, that actor, had died before the five doctors was recorded. Mm -hmm. So it's another actor inhabiting the role. right? And the three of them are arguing, and they're arguing, and then the, the director calls a cut. And the three of them are standing there, and Patrick Troughton, who plays the second doctor, reaches into his coat pocket. And one of the things he has in his coat pocket is a bag of Jelly Babies. (laughs) And he offers them a Jelly Baby. (laughs) And then, of course, the third doctor, John Pertwee, is like, what are you trying to sabotage my performance? And they're having such fun with it. But you realize that the personas of the character through his various incarnations are more fun because these actors were having fun and because – The producers had to come up with a way to simulate immortality using nothing but, you know, cardboard sticks and a Mm -hmm. a dehumidifier that they bought at Sears Mm -hmm. or Marks and Spencer since they're British. (laughs) You know, you, you really have to buy into it. You have to say, I'm going to ignore the fact that that Yeti is a man in a coat. Right. And and deal with the fun part or that that Dalek is a man, you know, I think he welded that together out of uh, a 57 Plymouth and three shopping
0: carts (laughs) and a plunger.
1: A plunger. Don't forget the plunger. Oh man. But yeah, you gotta love anything that thirty and forty years later, missing pieces of it make people crazy. Yeah. Because they're the fans are the Huvians, if you will, are absolutely Rabbit about this because I remember I was reading Doctor Who magazine pretty regularly in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it because it was an analysis of something that was at the time complete. Right. And every month a new issue would come out analyzing something new about that thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Even though it was that was complete. 40 years old.
1: And, and they found an episode. Yep. They found an episode while I was reading it and I was reading in, you know, a big two page spread and it said, alert, missing episode found. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And it was one of those moments where it was a stop the presses moment. They didn't know anything when they were putting the magazine together. And as it was going to press, they found out about this and they had to stick it in the magazine to tell everybody how wonderful it was yeah. that this weird, you know, that this missing episode of the ice warriors had showed up or something. And it was just so awesome to be a part of that, you know, that weird underground of crazy people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to, to feel that these people had such a connection with what was basically a kitty show that was put together to entertain the children at tea time on Saturday. So, yeah. you know, you have to look at it from the perspective of, well, my perspective on anything is that the, some of the best art for me is junk stuff that people didn't expect to be artistic or expect to be, you know, beloved like a Superman comic
0: mm-hmm.
1: cycle, Superman comic, you chuck it in the garbage when you're done with it. Your yep. mom tells you it's going to rot your brain. Yep. And 70 years later, those particular books, the ones that survive are six and seven digit items. Yep. This is like that. If I found, you know, a missing episode of the moon base, first of all, I would put my Dalek, in the living room, and the reason I would do that is because my wife would leave me because of my Dalek. I would paint my Dalek red and white; it would be imperial, Dalek. and I would keep it. I would keep it in her place over in the corner where she has her little nest in her office, and then you know, whatever happens, happens.
0: Well, I will say this, like, listeners: if you want to, if you want to follow along with what the super albino is doing. All you have to do is head over to the majorspoilers.com website, click on the forum, go under television, and you'll see it, Doctor Who from the beginning, and follow along with that. It's really great that he's doing that. It really is. And I have to say that, you know, seeing his review
1: of An Unearthly Child makes me want to go and dig up a copy and watch it. I
0: know. And I, like I said, I think I have it on VHS at my parents' house.
1: Who's yeah, that? I'm going to call up the uh, people who send me my DVDs. Uh, his name is Mark.
0: Well, but but the other thing is, wherever that that episode is, Marco Polo is right next to it.
1: And the Dalek shall be
0: mine.
1: If you find Marco Polo, you will share the Dalek.
0: No, it's going to be mine.
1: No, we will have shared custody of the Dalek, because I told you (laughs) that Marco Polo... Was important and hard to find. Yes, and you're just sitting there going, "Look, here's my episode. This is the pilot of The <laughs> Flash. You see, and John Wesley Ship <laughs> grew up to be Dawson's father, and uh, Timothy Thomerson, who was eventually the Doll Man. Yeah, that is would be that would be my Jay. luck.
0: That would be my luck. I would uncover this VHS tape all in in dust that says that's written on the spine Doctor Who season one or you know first Doctor or whatever that I was labeling it as. And I'm getting all excited and nervous. Oh, the Dalek will be mine! You I pop like it in, and the opening, opening yeah, the opening and... credits of the Doctor Who Marco Polo episode begin, and then Flash from the
1: 1990s. Or worse, your mom used it to record her episodes Days of, of Our As Our the Lives. World Turns. Yes. Oh,
2: damn you,
1: motherfucker! It's, it's very important that we know whether uh, Philip Spalding is actually going to marry <laughs> Alexander or not, because I think they're siblings. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone, we have chattered on a lot about reconstructing Doctor Who and these missing episodes and the the fanaticism that surrounds that. I think the next time Rodrigo's gone, you and I are going to talk about Doctor Who again, and we're going to talk about... Let's talk about other things that he doesn't know about, like uh, anything (laughs) over 25. I want to talk the next time we talk Doctor Who, which would probably be a year from now. um, I want to talk about our favorite Doctor Who episodes. Ooh. And really Ooh. go into detail about why we like that episode. And I'll talk about... I will give you, I'll give you a hint right now. Okay. C- Caves of Androzani. Ah, so you're talking about that uh, third episode of uh, of An Unearthly Child where they go back in time and they meet the cavemen. Yep. Yeah. Caves
1: of Androzani.
0: All right, everybody. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to go up to the Wikipedia. They've got a list of Doctor Who serials. And they've got the complete 753-episode list. Cross-referenced, I might add. Ooh, Looks good. All right, everybody. We'll be back on Ooh. Tuesday. Rodrigo will hopefully be back unless they send him off to another volleyball tournament. And we will you be talking about... You tell them that volleyball
1: character. is not important.
0: We need help. That's right, because we know that you Bad love Doctor that Who. Dante couldn't get it tonight. I know, that lazy ass bastard. I got a cold. I think I got the H1N1. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my lungs are full of fluid in me. The- <laughs> Whatever. All right, everybody. We'll talk with you next time because we know that you love Doctor Who, and we do too. And we will see you soon. And what I mean by seeing soon, I mean hearing, because this is an audio podcast. Exactly.
1: We'll reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, and we'll fix mm-hmm. it.
0: If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers.
2: what a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! If I'm raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun, being in the Middle East with a gang sun throwing soldiers. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 whoa. what a major spoiler.
0: Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.